0: right welcome to the football index podcast episode 42 oh god's sake me start again (laughs) oh i've had a long long week i've had a long week at work right right welcome to the football index podcast it's episode 42 i'm here with index big don what makes you so big Uh,
1: hello everyone uh yeah so big don is sort of my alter ego my name my proper name steve uh but I started doing match betting about a decade ago and I joined various forums and I just wanted to be able to not be myself, you know, be a bit larger than life. And I always liked Don King, you know, the air boxing promoter. <laughs> so like, he was sort of the image that I had in my head that I wanted to portray on the forums. And I was a bit of a nuisance, to be honest, back then. But I've, everyone will be pleased to know I've toned it down for for uh, my Football Index days.
0: Yeah, because Football Index Twitter can be quite brutal, can't it? So uh, maybe a few are glad that you haven't gone in all guns blazing.
1: Yeah, I've sort of really toned him down. And, um, I don't want to uh, rock the apple cart, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what, I should, what, what I should if... maybe change the name to Little Don. <laughs> maybe so. What, what...
0: Go on, Steve. Why don't you tell us a bit more about match betting and then what led you onto Football Index and what your journey's been like so far?
1: Like, well, a decade ago I was a, a firefighter and I had plenty of time between shifts and I was basically skinned. So one of my colleagues saw Money Saving Expert, you know, the Martin Lewis site, and Match Betting was on there. And we all got into that. And then it started really small, really, just doing the other free bet offers. And then one thing led to another and then we started doing more and more of it. And uh, I did it for say five or six years, got more heavily into it, and then eventually I took a career break from work, did the betting, like in 2013 this was for about a year, uh, full-time, and then I I chose not to go back to the fire service because I was doing quite well, uh, match betting, well, and various other avenues to do with betting.
0: So is it is it right that I can call you a, a pro gambler? And if someone asks you what your occupation is, or if you're filling in a form, what what do you put down?
1: Yeah, well, you could say I was a professional gambler because that's how I make my money these days. Yeah, but, <laughs> or a retired firefighter, but I'm a bit young to retire. But
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm I'm, for, I'm forty-seven. But the thing is, there is there's a lot of avenues in betting. You know, like we started off with match betting, but uh, there's various other avenues you know match betting traditionally was you'd put your money in they would give you a free bet you'd use betfair to lay it off you'd be left with a free bet which you could make money out of and then after that you get on to arbitrage uh, where the odds at the bookie are better than what they are at betfair and then you develop from that really
0: hmm, well very interesting and what led you on to fi where did you find the index and how have you found it so far
1: yeah, it's been good. I started off, I was quite dismissive at first. It was like November last year, maybe October, November. And my friend, who's like into the betting as well, you know, gambling, like we do quite a lot of things. We do quite a lot of casinos as well these days. Anything where there's an edge. Uh, we need to be, you know, we we'll keep the uh, bookies and the casinos on their toes, you know, because they, they take their little chunk out of the general public. So we try to take a little chunk out of them. But anyway, he came up with this uh, football index. Uh, thing and I, and I had a look at it and I thought, well, there's no value in that. You know, there's no uh, there's no obvious value because they're going to be taking their two percent commission and then the spreads look pretty big to me. So I thought, well, uh, I didn't really fancy it at first, but I, he was quite uh, persistent about it. And we had a look at it and then I, 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 just, I sort of went in with maybe five hundred pounds at first. Uh, you know that introduction offer that they've got the five hundred pounds yeah, yeah, risk free. So. I sort of did it for a couple of weeks. I think he recommended, because I don't know much about football. I used to do in my yeah. earlier days, but when you get heavily into gam- gambling and do what I do, it's more, it's more about the, uh, it's more about the numbers than, you know, watching the actual sport and, and the techniques. So anyway, I don't know much about football, but he did. So he recommended that I buy like Wilfred Zaha. And another one he recommended was uh, Mares. So I just put my money into that. Uh them too and then i would lost quite a bit of money in the first week but then I forgot to claim it back you know from the offer so I was sort of stuck then oh God I've caught you know where, I know you can edit it but I've sort of balls that up so so I was in then wasn't I so I, I, I <laughs> so didn't... they
0: they they hooked you accidentally didn't they yeah so... uh, and since then you've obviously gone to uh I, I think deposit a lot more right
1: yeah well I got right into it and then I, I, I sort of bought a few more players and I started getting paid dividends. I must have bought some good players. Yeah, yeah. So my first two, first two players were Mares and Zaha, and then, oh, that was it. early on, in November. I won an iPhone competition. <laughs> Luckily, that was early, uh, and and you could either have an iPhone X or nine hundred and ninety nine pounds. And this was a good one. And then, so they said that I'd won it. So they rang me up, do you want the iPhone or the cash alternative? So I said, well, I'll have the cash alternative, please. And I bought Lionel Messi with oh, the money. Nice.
0: Yeah. Not a bad purchase back uh, back in late uh, 2017, was it? Yeah.
1: So that was £7.67. So I bought, I bought probably, well, I only bought 103 Lionel Messis. And then after that, I bought Neymar and then like, led on from there. And then one thing leads to another. And then I, I really like the concept. And then rather than the sort of what I term snapshot value that I normally deal in, like whereas the odds have got to be better at the bookie than at Betfair, I could see sort of a bit of long-term value developing, you know, with the dividend scheme. Uh, So I was getting paid some quite good dividends from, like not from Zaha, Ramarez, obviously, but from Messi, Neymar, Ronaldo, I got him. And then the big one was there, sanchez and coutinho you know they were quite big on the media in the transfer window uh, but i'm still down on sanchez and coutinho but then i did make a lot of dividends from them so mm, interesting but, so it sort of developed quite slowly really and i did run out I, I ran at a loss in january and uh, i wanted to see some substance behind the company you know, a football index. I thought, like, I've got into... I've put quite a bit of money into it. Maybe it was about £5,000 by that time. Uh, so I went to the trader meeting, you know, in London. I went to that one uh, with Lex Van Dam. And I was quite impressed with the whole setup and everything. Uh, so I came away quite impressed. And when I got back to the hotel, I remember, uh, my portfolio was in profit. So it really had a... Uh, so I went there with a loss. When I came back, uh, I'd actually turn the corner and that was the first time I ever went into, into profit.
0: <laughs> good old uh, Lex van Dam, right?
1: Yeah, but <laughs> I, th- I think the crux of the matter was in January because it was the transfer window and it's a good way to like I, I think I learned a few lessons you know I was a bit like overplaying it a bit. Uh and I think the generally the index did have a downturn in that period. But mm-hmm.
0: there was a, there was a few red numbers wasn't there but you you can't always go up but um Steve we we've got so many questions here why don't we why don't we start getting through them first one well actually the first three things aren't questions they're just things i wanted to chat about so the first one is uh let's talk about the bristol rovers kit what did you think i think personally i think this was a probably a six figure deal and i've already had lots of bristol rovers followers and what do you think the impact will be from this shirt sponsorship
1: yeah well, that sort of things great isn't it because that's just like pushing the uh, the brand out there i mean it's Le- bristol rovers are league 1 right yeah
0: Uh, Mm, yeah
1: so yeah I mean it's going to push the brand out there uh, like it needs doing and it's going to push it right around the country Uh, so it can only be a good thing I mean thousands of fans go to football matches even at that level well it's relevant isn't it because they've had the London buses sponsorship the tube sponsorship which is good because that's like a lot of people are seeing it it's getting it out there we've had the trader meets which is a bit more targeted to uh, customers, but then uh, it's a very good idea to target football fans themselves at sort of a middle level, yeah, because obviously it costs far too much probably to uh, have sponsorship on a premiership team, but great to have, I think they've probably pitched it right at the correct level.
0: I think this is going to get the name out to so many people. As I've said, I've already had lots of Bristol Rovers followers. Um, I think their tweet went absolutely mental, didn't it, when they uh, announced their shirts, didn't they, Bristol Rovers? It got so many retweets, so many likes, so much interaction. And a lot of that was from Football Index traders, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It it, it had a really good uh, reaction on Twitter. I only saw it from the Football Index point of view. I didn't see the Bristol Rovers reaction. Uh, Because I I sort of restrict my Twitter account to just, uh, you know, football index related.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there was a general buzz about it. And we've had a few more announcements today. We don't know what Mike Bowen's going to announce tomorrow. Um, I think for the guys at Football Index Edge have uh, got something quite cool coming. Oh, of course, me, uh, Foot, Footy Index London and Footy Index LM, that's Liam, are starting a newsletter this week. So lots happening in Football Index world. But do, do you reckon it's, it's strange that maybe they haven't targeted shirt sponsors before?
1: Well, I've never thought of it myself, so I can't like sit here and say, yeah, I can see your point. But I just think it's a great idea. Yeah, obviously relevant. Uh, it's going to go around the country, naturally. Football fans are going to see it. And hopefully, because uh, even at Bristol Rovers level, that sort of fan who goes, goes to them games, they're probably going to have half an eye on the Premier League as well. And... Yeah,
0: I think their their max that maximum capacity is eleven thousand at Bristol Rovers, I think. I yeah. think they, they averaged eight and a half thousand fans. So that's not too bad. So you're basically paying for maybe twenty, twenty-five games at home times eight and a half thousand. That's like uh for a quick maths. About two hundred and fifteen, yeah. Two hundred and ten, fifteen thousand people see it throughout yeah uh, throughout the season. Yeah. So that that's not too bad. And I guess there's a lot of away grounds in the the league that have higher attendances and also if they make a cup run you could get some much bigger teams couldn't you?
1: That's a good point actually say FA Cup January you know the FA Cup third round you get into that Draw Man Man United.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say. Let's hope they. Let's hope they. uh, We see them flaunting that kit out on the Old Trafford turf. But I think we'll move on quite swiftly, Steve, because we've we've got so much on. Android app. uh, They're testing that with uh, Android. Are you an Android user yourself, Steve? I'm an iPhone user. Ah, good man. Good man. I can see the point of
1: getting it out there to the masses. that's (laughs) that's what
0: it's all about. Definitely, I think this is going to be a really big point in their roadmap where you suddenly create a much more accessible product just because you have a lot more people that can use it on their phones rather than having to log in onto the, you know, web domains. And a lot of people do have massive portfolios on Android, uh, on Android mobiles and they have to use, you know, Google Chrome or Safari, whatever, which is, which pretty ridiculous, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It defeats the purpose. Yeah. I remember Adam Cole saying, I think at the trade, I it was the, like his concept was to have a market accessible, like when you're standing in in the queue of a coffee shop type thing, you know, like just to be able to see what you've got on the move, you know. So, yeah, making it more accessible to more people, but making it easier to access as well.
0: Mm, most certainly so and i think it looks pretty cool doesn't it i have seen a few photos from people that have uh, that have put a few pictures out on twitter and i think that it does actually look pretty good that the user interface is pretty clean there's very like much maybe more of a professional feel about this app and maybe if they transfer it over to, to the iphone side as well and to the desktop then we might have a better well-rounded cleaner looking product
1: definitely yeah I, I tend to use both like i use my desktop uh, football index for certain things so i can view my whole portfolio in order and then i use the iphone app because uh, that's easier for some things as well like one's better than the other at certain things and you know what the other's better for certain things too that doesn't sound good <laughs> but, uh,
0: I, do, I do think yeah. you're right there. you're getting on uh, like when i'm when i'm looking at who i'm selling on on my desktop app it is more useful when you're on your phone and you can see who you own and if you're selling that player because when you do get to 60 70 80 players whatever it's really hard to keep track of them and i think that football index need to make a good job of actually allowing traders to create a much more or to create a more, more modular portfolio where you can drag and drop and move things around how you want have like kind of maybe separated portfolios um Uh, And I think that, you know, I I think they'll get there, but the Android app is certainly a a step in the right direction, isn't it? So we'll move on, Steve. And the next thing that I want to talk about is the website going down and and how quickly Football Index resolved that. So did you see that happen?
1: I actually did see it happen, but it didn't concern me as such. It's the only time I think that I've been on the site that it has happened in that time. And I think they communicated it quite well through Twitter. And then how long was it down for? Was it... I
0: want to say like 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Maybe a bit longer. I don't know. I was at work, so time was going quite quickly for me at yeah. that time. Yeah, so um,
1: it could have been half an hour, but
0: yeah. I, I mean, websites have outages all the time, right? I mean, bloody Visa, their whole network went down for like uh, for a whole day or whatever. So I think we can cut Football Index some slack if their website goes down for half an hour.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, really, with this type of... You know a trading platform like, it must be quite complicated to run so yeah not worried on that point good good
0: stuff i know there was a lot of uh moody marys and a lot of panicking going on which was which was quite funny really but uh i don't know for me i was i just kind of looked at my phone once put it down and said i'll, I'll, I'll have a look later i'm sure it's fine
1: yeah it was resolved quickly which is it's probably a better thing that it happened and was resolved than it not happening and was never knowing what would happen if it did happen if you know what i mean it's probably got a positive effect
0: yeah because if it was a a bug in the in the code for example i'm not i'm not a techie by any means but if that was a bug that could have been harder to fix when there's maybe a million users rather than a hundred and fifty thousand, then you're right it's probably better that all these kinks are worked out when we're at the beginning of a of a of a business life cycle really. But uh, we've, we've covered that one quite concisely there, haven't we Steve? And we'll move on to the first question that we had from, from our listeners. And uh, the first one was from Callum One Warrender. I think I've uh, pronounced that correctly. It says, what is the biggest positive and the biggest negative lesson that you have learned as from the start
1: of your uh, football index journey? Yeah. Uh, Well, for me, I'm, I'm a, sort of what i term a buy and hold merchant. Uh, I haven't got time to be dipping in and out of the markets so I'll put the negatives but in every negative there's a positive like the January transfer window I was a bit of a cloudy or Ranieri tinker man like you know buying and selling a bit willy nilly trying to be ahead of the market when I had no experience off the market so I was probably late to be buying a few players and then uh my portfolio was going down, I thought, oh, you start thinking, is this for me? And then I uh and then I started I think I learned quite a lot from that and that's what made me sort of trade like I do now. And I mean we're in a growth period anyway, aren't we? I mean how how early are we? We don't know. Maybe it'll peak next week, that's what markets are like. Maybe it'll peak in two years time. Uh but I do, I do feel that. So I do feel that we're like I started in November, and I don't feel like I was late to the party as such because PB had just started, and the the media dividends have been going since the start. And then performance buzz must have started last August, did it? Uh, it was more like last October, really. Oh, PB, so, yeah, last October when it sort of got up and running. So the the site's been running in its present format like since october and... pretty
0: much that people seem to forget that don't they steve that it's only been in its current form for one year
1: yeah, that's or right, un- un- yeah. under
0: a year so uh, and with regards to pb dividends star players can still contribute a massive percentage of even the the most expensive players price so i think there is still room for growth uh i, I am always thinking about like when a when a big player hits, say, I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen pounds, and those returns are, are getting a bit smaller, what do football index do to make it still, yeah, worthwhile? How do you how do you take that next step? Which is probably a, a good or quite fascinating problem to have, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I often wonder that myself, and I don't think I've got the answer to that as yet. But in the sort of eight months that I've been on the on the you know on football index, uh, I, I saw Neymar grow to £13, and then I suppose you could say he's stopped, hasn't he, in the last, is it, month, six weeks? Yeah, probably since about the, the
0: the World Cup, he's he's kind yeah. of like stabilized at that price, and obviously it depends how well he does for for, for PSG next season, whether or not he goes up and or up or down. Sorry, but I think we'll move on to the next one because I think you answered Callum's question earlier on in the in the show, but also the the, the you know transfer window is how a lot of traders are taught because they they're taught through through pain i guess because they they lose some money and then they're like right this is actually how this works and then and then you kind of move on but the next question is from uh, index profit hunter who was uh, very recently on the podcast he had a good one and he says can you discuss your strategy do you feel temp- do you feel tempted to smash 500 plus futures in particular players as opposed to buying smaller amounts of multiple players and how often do you check your portfolio right
1: good question uh I quite like the strategy. I've got, actually, currently, I've got... How many players have I got? I've got about 880 players. So you, you could say I've just bought the whole lot. Uh, but I've spread it out quite well. I've got more in some players than others. I think my biggest holding now... I mean, I, I don't want to tip anyone, but... Uh, I thought, my, I thought uh, Luka Modric was quite cheap after the World Cup, you know, and he, de- he decreased by about 20 pence. So I thought, well, that's quite a low-risk proposition. So I bought quite a few of him I've got I think I've got 900 of him now Uh so but I can't see him going down too much and then you know I've always got the option to sell if if I if I need to uh, but generally I, I stick to sort of between 100 and maybe 300 shares per player like for my portfolio
0: and that that's what works for you isn't it that's your for you personally in your personal situation that's what works and I think that that that's totally fine there's no reason why your listeners at home shouldn't cater your portfolio to what your situation is if you can't look at football index often or you can only look at it say once every 10 days or whatever then your strategy is going to be different to someone who can look at it uh two three four times a day which is which is totally fine
1: I do look at it a lot, but I don't look at it, you know, sort of intrinsically looking at the finer details. I just like I'll, I'll have a look at the uh, who's going up and who's going down, and then I never see anything. I see anything like, you know, I'll, it, it's quite uh, that's it's quite entertaining, really. It's a form of entertainment like which it should be, uh, but it's nice to look at. I mean, you can't beat that feeling on a Saturday like having football index and then wondering which players are going to perform. It's it's brought a bit of excitement. Brilliant stuff, man. Into Saturday. But uh, getting back from that. uh, So, I mean, I have had a couple of bits where I've looked at it. I thought, oh, I better sell quick. I think one of the mistakes I did make, getting back to the, sort of feeds into the last question, but I I had Zlatan Ibrahimović and obviously he bombed, didn't he? Especially when when he went to America. So I had to... uh, get rid of him pretty sharp quick and I probably took a bit of a loss on him but it wasn't too much you know and then uh, I think uh, is it Yannick Carrasco?
0: Yeah he to, went to uh, all the way over to, he to went China, to China.
1: He? Yeah, so I sort of sold him and then I think shortly after that I bought him back uh, because he was going to be in the World Cup and then there was going to be a chance of him coming back to Europe and things like that so you know I, I do look into it but I think I looked too much into it early on and now I sort of take a sort of passive approach, but oversee it on a daily basis. In case anything big happens. But 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 when you've got a diverse portfolio like with like what I have, then if if something bad happens to one particular player, then it's not the end of the world. Like you know, it's the diverse portfolio like in itself reduces the risk.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think diversification is is so so important, isn't it? But eight hundred players, isn't that a lot to to kind of look after? <laughs> uh,
1: well, they look after themselves in, in a way. Yeah, I mean, at first I was chasing the dividends, and now I sort of think I could make more from dividends. However, I've I've got a lot of young players, but recently they seem to have uh, increased in value quite a lot. So. I'm sort of playing both games now. I'm playing the dividend game and the uh, the growth game because I keep reading on Twitter. This is a point I keep thinking of. I keep reading on Twitter that oh, there's no point in buying him because he's like, you know such and such a player, for 50p, 19 year old lad. I can't think of an example, but uh, like he's not going to he's not going to return any dividends for three years, so he has zero value. However, if you buy him for 50p. Like who's to say after three years he he might be one year away from starting to make dividends so just for that fact alone he should appreciate in price
0: yeah because people always speculate and people always want to be in before someone else they want to buy for potential dividends rather than than dividends right now don't they
1: look into the future so like you could buy someone for 50p now and he might in four or five years time be the the next sort of 15 pound player who knows but but
0: but obviously you'd have to sell and then rebuy after the three years wouldn't you
1: yeah but but he'd be on his way to that sort of figure after Mm, the. mm, i know what you mean three years and nine months sort of thing but it's it's just it's just like one thing i thought of
0: yeah that's that's very interesting i I do think that i always tell people i I think i remember it was um the summer that Lukaku was, was was went to Man United. I think I I talked about him in in about January 2017 time. This was before I even had the the Football Index Guide account, and I said that people will buy now uh, in anticipation of him rocketing in the summer and then winning media buzz in the summer, and that's what happened. And people were kind of saying well why why are people buying Lukaku now uh, if he doesn't move he's not worth that much and if he does like where's he gonna go he's not that good he's not winning any media buzz now why would you buy etc all this jazz and uh, it, you know that's that's what happened so i think that's that's what people are doing in general aren't they
1: yeah that's a similar sort of philosophy so you, you've said about january and then you're getting the rewards for it that summer yeah but i mean mine's a bit extreme i'm seeing past the three year Sort of expiry, but there is still value to be made after the three-year expiry. You know, with 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 the view, the long-term view, so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, well, yeah, very very interesting there, Steve. The long-term strategy and diversifying your uh, diversifying yourself to to a ridiculous extent, like yourself, can can work as you as you've quite rightly yeah. shown. What, but one, we'll...
1: of, one of the Adam Cole quotes that you know from the London Trade I Me, mean, he's, he's he's quite good with his quotes, but he he called it a three-year bet. That sort of basic mm, thing. Mm, mm, thought, mm, like, it, it definitely podcast. is.
0: That's what he does. He, he did yeah. say on the um, on the podcast when when he, him, and uh, Mike Bowen yeah. came on.
1: And the other one, the, the other one. I know I'll move on, but the uh, I liked his because I listened to his. Uh, I listened to the podcast uh, that you did with him. Very good. Uh, they're all they're all very informative, uh, and but I liked it when he said about players getting injured. And I like the quote that you said. uh, There's no such thing as a free lunch.
0: Yeah, I love that one.
1: That just just highlighted that it's not just going to go up and up and up necessarily. You've got to be aware that it could turn, or you could have adversity in your football index life. You know, it's we're all we're all getting caught up in that like. uh, like that.
0: well yeah because like, because a like lot of uh, i think a lot of long-term people on football index just expect growth forever i think it's quite refreshing that you that you do anticipate that there will be bumps in the road that there will be the odd player that goes to china that there will be the odd uh, zlatan who goes to america and, and, and does his knee all in one year so it, it's good to have that view and to be quite cautious in your approach even though you have a lot of money in the platform but also because you are so diversified it does there is only so much money you can lose isn't there yeah, definitely so. But uh, yeah, thanks Index Profit Hunter for first of all coming on the po- podcast and uh, uh, and then asking that question. But we'll move on to the next one. The next one's from at Terment T U R M E N T. Not too sure what that's all about, but uh nonetheless he has a quite a good question actually. How he's asking us both actually uh John Steve Steve, he says, how do you guys feel about positional changes happening without warning? Should a list of players that change be posted pre-post the change? We talk about moving the goalposts on a bet, but is this not the same thing? Then they are competing against a different group of players for performance buzz when they change positions. So firstly, I want to say that like the narrative from Football Index aside is that opta changes the positions and they are automatically changed on football index however i do think they should make the effort to go to opta and say look for one reason or another to not get in trouble with regulators by changing the the goalposts so to speak and and but to, to have less complaints by um By customers what you can do is you say look let us know a couple days prior and we'll email it out and we'll tweet it out and the market will react in that moment but at least people will know that before they change it will happen on the flip side of things if Football Index announce it before it happens then you're going to get that rise and and fall anyway on certain players aren't you
1: yeah people are going to react to whatever happens if it happens immediately or with two days warning I think the other was it maybe two weeks. Was it during the World Cup? There was that night where, or it might have been before the World Cup. I think Cup it was even, just before, I, I, just before the World Cup, where there was a few positional changes all of a sudden, and there was a bit of uproar, wasn't there? But then I, I did put it down to I thought, well, like it's, it's not the stats uh, issue, isn't it? it? Well, it's not their issue, but it's just the way they work and because PB operates in conjunction with Optus stats then that's something that probably just has to be accepted
0: yeah I, I think it's one of those things again I liken it to the performance buzz ma- uh, scoring matrix if you change something or they change the way you do something it's going to upset someone you're not going to have a unified and happy custom base whatever you do in this situation do you
1: it was it was a similar I think they had a similar issue where someone was winning performance buzz or media buzz and then it got to five to midnight and then like th- there was a late score came in. So then you might be waiting for your win and then you get overtaken at the last second because there's an opto-update. So it can be a bit disappointing.
0: Yeah, I think that <sighs> it's a strange one because in reality, we want the the players to reflect their actual positions on football index we want you know Hazard is a forward Willian is a forward uh who else changed Gonzalo Guedes is a forward these players are forward players they're not midfielders they're not traditional 4-4-2 left and right midfielders like for example like the, the Robert Perez's and the Freddie Umbergs of, of the old and they would have been classified as you know midfielders because they were wide midfielders however in this day and age the wingers are forwards. They very much are, and I think that I think that if Opta are changing them, Football Index should move with them. And I don't think they should, in my opinion. If there is an announcement and a pre-warning that they are going to be changed at this time, or they are going to be changed in two days, it, it, like unless you stop trading on those players until they're changed, there makes no. It makes no difference, does it?
1: No. There's going to be a reaction, no matter what, to the. There's going to be a position change. There's going to be a market reaction to the change.
0: Certainly so. Yeah. Certainly so. Yeah, it's
1: an awkward situation.
0: It it really is a tough one, and I think the the guys at Football Index will slowly find a good solution. As we talked about earlier, about you know, say if Neymar reached seventeen pounds, is that his peak? What will they do to 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 entice traders to to buy more of him? Uh, it's a similar situation and one that I think they've got. Clever enough people to try and solve. But thanks for that question there, uh, torment. Then we'll go on to a uh, podcast favourite, Golfing Grandad, back again with another question. He says, what gave you the confidence to go so big on your investment? And he says, is Football Index more exciting than promoting Muhammad Ali, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson? So that's obviously to the... uh... Yeah,
1: a reference (laughs) to the uh, boxing promotion. Yeah. Well, I never intended on going so big. uh, But I just... I quite liked the product, and I got into it, and I just, I had money, I basically had money sitting doing very little in my Betfair account, too much money, and I used it for Cheltenham, you know, in March this year, the big horse racing festival, which is sort of the Christmas for match betters or uh, betters in general, and after Cheltenham I didn't have much to do with that money, so I I sort of moved it over into Football Index, because it was going to do more work for me because I had other things to do in my other betting activities. So I didn't really have time to be uh, betting on horses so much and golf and things that I'd traditionally bet on. So uh, football index came along and I just sort of, you, you don't start these things off intending maybe to put as much money in, but then maybe I was influenced by, is it ASP who came on the podcast? I heard that one, he had the 300,000 uh, pound portfolio, and he seemed you sort of get a bit of confidence in the product through the trader meets. I went, I went to the London trader meet, so you think, Well, yeah, they're a good company. The concepts go in places, it's getting bigger and bigger. There's lots of sort of parallel, uh, what, what you would call I've written that down like parallel ventures such as your podcasts. Uh, there's the New forum that started up index gain, which I joined, which has been very helpful. Uh, they've got like some tools on there that help with your trading and quite positive uh, conversation. If you like, so I use Twitter and then I've got index gain to uh, look at, and there's some helpful people on there. Uh, and then you've got your uh, data suppliers, is it? Uh, Edge. Football Index, Edge. He yeah, the Footy Index, data. Scout as
0: well, and uh, I think Noir, yeah. Noir X. Noir. Noir, yeah. yeah. So there's, 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 there are plenty, yeah, you're right, there are plenty of people building stuff around this and then creating a, a, a bit of a, a hub around Football Index.
1: So if you had a new bookie that came along, as such, you wouldn't really have that. that. That's not a new concept, as such. You wouldn't have that sort of promotion, but this this concept as a whole is you can I can sort of feel it growing and then you know who knows where we will be in five years time what will what will be the what will the marketplace be like then
0: so so would you say that was the main crux and you you're going big going to the, the more of the six figures uh he, hearing you know people like ASP on on my podcast and hearing people on my podcast in general about how how happy they'd been on the index and stuff and and also uh, having that long having that long term outlook
1: yeah i've got the long term outlook and then and then you just get confidence in the product through the various parallel ventures and then the, the trader meets did you go to the one in manchester
0: i yeah i was in uh, manchester and birmingham yeah
1: that was the beast from the east wasn't it the one in manchester oh, to, god it's freezing
0: Manchester was terrible. I, I had like a, a really bad stomach bug uh, in the morning and I woke up and I was uh, feverish. I had to get back on the train in the snow and it was it was terrible. But I did get my bonus. So, uh, yeah. you know, blood, sweat and tears, but okay, up. <laughs>
1: and, and Gary Pallister was quite interesting, wasn't
0: he? He was. He certainly yeah. was. He so certainly it was, was.
1: It was worth attending. I'm, I live quite near there. You see, I'm, I'm from near Preston. So it was only like a sort of short commute, commuting. So I thought... I thought I'd make the effort.
0: Uh, lucky for you. But they are great, aren't they? I, I do think they are underrated. And I think the, the, the London uh, World Cup party was actually g- good fun, even though there was no bonus. I thought there was a, a real verve and a real energy around the, the place. There were so many people there. And you kind of realise like, you're part of this community, but also you understand that it's actually growing and going places.
1: That's right, yeah. It's whether you've got the confidence. Is it growing? Have I got the confidence? Yes, I have. Well, let's let's invest in it, or or to the contrary. But to be fair to football index, they are making a big effort in the promotion of it, and it's nice for an inter- Everything this in this day and age is sort of in, a lot of our lives are internet based. I think it's just nice that they come and meet the meet the customer.
0: Such, <laughs> yeah, definitely
1: in, in, in such a way.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think because a lot of people complain about lack of transparency via Twitter, etc. It's good to have those face to faces with the people who have actually created this product, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. I quite like the way that they are a bit standoffish because they can't deal with every issue that comes up on Twitter or that people complain about. So they do seem to be a bit sort of removed from the customer. But at the same time, they have made the effort to engage with the customer. And the like uh, Adam Cole and Mike came onto your podcast as well. So,
0: so let's uh, let's see yeah. if we can get any more of the the guys on here. I think uh, I've had a chat with a few of them, yeah. and we'll see what we can do in in the next you know few months. The,
1: the other good thing is they're not want well, like cause it's pertinent to the question because the confidence uh, the confidence that I've got in the product they don't uh, they don't I've written down in my notes like, they don't change the monopoly board too much. So it is what it is. Like since I started at football index, like the rules of the game haven't changed. There's been a bit of outside pressure for the rules to change, like like they should change, like goal assist to being worth more. But they've kept it as it is. You know they're not changing it willy nilly, so to speak. Mm, I think uh,
0: that there has been a bit of a period of stability, hasn't there?
1: Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, there's that stability which you need really, because if you start changing everything here and there, you could lose. The certain magic that you've created, you know, you've got they've got to tread very carefully in how they develop the product, haven't they? You know, I know that there's a few things coming in like the order books, which will make it a bit more like what I know as Betfair, where you know you can see who's willing to buy, who's willing to sell. It's going to make it a bit more fluid. Is that right? Uh, and then, what else have they got in the pipeline?
0: Well, I think mainly it's the Android app territories, um, order books. There's a lot of things coming that I think will make this product a lot more robust, make the community bigger, make it more accessible. I think their user acquisition is going to be a bit more simple. I think Stuart Coggin over at the over at Football Index, who, who handles their acquisition stuff, is going to have a lot of an easier job once this all, all the marketing stuff goes out there. Doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't he?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, like the point is they've, they've got to be careful how they uh, progress. I know everyone talks about that. is it the three-year roadmap. Yeah, I mean they've got a great product and they've got to sort of look carefully at every like junction, haven't they, to see how it's how it's going to pan out because nothing's nothing's come up like this before, has it really? Putting the stocks and shares sort of concept together with uh, a sports betting concept and mixing the two together I mean it sounds great but it's just like proceed with caution Like, don't make rash changes mm. type thing
0: Wise words from yourself mate but we'll move on to the next question this one's from the Index Guru he says what is Don's strategy for depositing and withdrawing money i.e. do you withdraw dividend wins etc and do you ever take a bit off the table
1: quite simply uh, at this stage I've of- just deposited. I've never withdrawn from football index and I'll reinvest all my dividends at this stage.
0: And that, that goes back to, to having confidence in the product, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing I've got to be careful of and everyone's got to be careful of, of course, is I don't want to put in too much money to then have to be forced to sell. If I want to sell a player and then ultimately withdraw, I want it to be for the right reasons, you know, a strategic reason rather than, Overcommit money and then think, oh, I've put too much in. Like, I need to. I need this money for X, Y, and Z for real life issues. Yeah, and draw it's... money out because I want to pay my golf fees or whatever. That <laughs> sort of. So, so it, it boils down to that thing. Like, I mean, this is advice to myself and probably advice to other people, but I don't want to be putting in more money that I can afford to put in
0: uh i think i was just about to say the same thing steve and you took the the words right out of the mouth it's it's so important not to to invest or bet more than you can afford to lose and i I think you're at the moment a shining example of, of how to proceed with caution but also be cautiously optimistic right
1: yeah oh that was another big point that i sort of thought about that i was going to mention on the podcast but the uh and it was mentioned by uh and I'm pleased it was mentioned by Mike. I think when he was on with Adam Cole, uh, the responsible gambling implications that football index has. Uh, it, I think it's great that it's more of a slow burning product rather than the, uh, you know, the done and dusted in in ninety minutes.
0: Mm. I I I think they 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 have that bit sorted, don't they? But it it would be great for well, for me personally, and maybe not everyone agrees, and maybe you won't agree yourself. But that instant win is something that maybe not me personally, but a lot of people really crave. And I think football index, if they can bridge that gap sensibly between that slow burner and the very instantaneous win, we've got a massive winner, don't we? Yeah, we
1: have. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I must admit, I get.
1: I, I... I mean, I get satisfaction from the uh, the dividend wins, but then obviously that boils down to how much money you've you've got in it. So yeah, you're right. It's a it's a it's a it's a happy balance between the slow burning growth uh, dividend, like, you know, the slow burner and the instant hit
0: mm certainly so but yeah actually really really interesting question there i think that was my favorite one and the one that that posed some good discussion we've got a three parter here big one from stanford the lion who's been on the podcast before i think he's a a bit like yourself a buy and hold man he says what changes if any do you anticipate versus what changes you would actually like to see ahead of the next season? And what are your thoughts on Football Index's one to three-year roadmap? I think we've covered the second bit, but yeah, what what changes, if any, do, do you anticipate and what ones do you actually want to see?
1: Well, I, I know that they're bringing in like more, to make the, the site more user-friendly. I mean, it is user-friendly, but to have maybe more information on there that you can refer to, I mean, they can still develop that further. Uh and they bringing in the order book uh, concept. I don't know how that's going to pan out because I've never seen it. So what I see ahead of next season, what changes? Well, to be honest, I, I'm struggling to answer it because I'm sort of more of the type that I'm standing back and let, let them roll out to me their product. And then if I like it, I'll invest in it. I haven't really got that many ideas of how I see it, developing it. Oh, I see it developing myself, if you
0: know what I mean. Yeah, you're just kind of riding the wave, aren't you, Steve, and, and waiting to see what hits you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's all right. I mean, that's that's a totally fine position to take. Like, I mean, lots of people throw out speculative ideas, myself included, and lots of people are asking for X, Y, and Z, and I think you're you're paying it the right way. I'm happy with it now. I've put a lot of money in it now. If they change something and I don't like it, I'll have less money in it. If they change something and it makes it better, I'll probably put some more money in it.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's a good concept. I mean, I, I have had ideas. I mean, I think the you know the the switch day that they had for the World Cup, I think that could have possibly been a bit more entertaining or better. If I was going to be critical, I don't like to be critical, but I thought, like, I I just thought what they could have had. You know, the dividend predictor thing that they have on Twitter. I thought we could have had a, like a mega dividend predictor thing, dished out prizes based on who got the uh, positions right. Yeah, definitely.
0: Day. I think that that could have worked quite well. To be fair, uh, yeah, something something, something, like something that slightly that. more interactive, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, rather than just a raffle that you either win or lose. But.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's maybe
1: sour grapes.
0: Yeah. I, I suppose then, on the flip side, if I'm looking at it from their perspective, that probably benefits experienced traders more because we have more, probably more foresight, but also we have a lot more data and a lot more of a memory to, to call upon and say, I know said player has come close a few times and I know said player has won a few dividends uh, or performance buzz dividends so maybe, maybe that would have been a bit harsh on newer traders, right?
1: I think you're right yeah, I can see your point on that one yeah, Oh, just going back to that question because that was one of my, my points I mean, it's quite an interesting time that we're in now because we're going to change us. Yeah, it it's quite hard because I suppose really you might agree with this, but this coming season is, in effect, it's like the first proper season, because it, because as traders you always want a bit of a history to look back on. Now, you've, now you've got a full season to look back on, virtually of performance buzz. So this new season, it's sort of like the first season where you have actually got a history.
0: Mm, certainly so. so, and I, and I so, think we'll we'll see a lot of a lot of movement in those first month or so but i i think we're in for a for a great season
1: yeah yeah like this is the season that things could uh really boom really boom boom yeah i mean we've had a boom period like quite now like for maybe three or four months so i i mean i'm I'm certain that there will be a downturn at some point and it might be next week it might be next month who knows but it's certainly going to be an interesting season there's going to be a lot more opinions from traders like this happened last year, so this might happen this year, sort of thing.
0: Mm, definitely yeah. so. But we'll move on to Stanford's second question. He said, yeah. "Why do you think there's been such high trade volume in the sub three pound bracket recently? Is it a lack of interest in the high price point of household names, or do they actually represent value, or are they just there for a flip?"
1: Well, yeah, I've seen that. Like the the lower end, the, the lower end players have really picked up. In the last sort of six weeks, is it? They've really, I've noticed that they have gone up. And in this sort of media buzz period, the big names haven't been like up there really as much, have they? Like in previous times, it hasn't been the same. And then, and then, there's been a there's been a few spanners put it, put in the work so to speak. Like uh, the goalkeeper Allison, he had a big sort of spell of uh, claiming the top position, didn't he? Rather than rather than Neymar. So I don't know if that's influenced people sort of going to the lower end of the market.
0: Well, I think when there's no football on, then there is the transfer window. It's only natural that perhaps with uh, Eden Hazard linked more to Real Madrid than Neymar. A lot of people thought that Neymar's buzz over the summer, apart from the world cup would come from the Real Madrid link. So I'm just looking at the buzz leaderboards now, and we're uh, recording on the 25th of July. Uh, Mesut Özil's top because of you know the the. Whole retiring for journey. Willian is second for transfer of speculation. Malcolm is third for his move to Barcelona. Benjamin Pavard is fourth for uh, winning the goal of the tournament, I believe, for the World Cup. Anthony Martial uh, fifth. Of course, he has got a bit of a transfer saga going. Sergej Milinkovic Savic is is sixth. Even his with his long name, Richardison, Harry Maguire, Ante Rebic. The first big name is Cristiano Ronaldo, number ten. So and he's
1: down in 10, Yeah. So it's quite changed It's quite changeable on a daily basis, whereas all the uh, sort of media buzz periods that I've seen in my time on football indexing and all the eight months, the eight long months that I've been on, that they've all sort of been quite boring really with the Neymar and Ronaldo and Salah and earlier on there was Coutinho and Sanchez winning, winning it, it's a bit more changeable now. Uh,
0: do do you see this as a as a more of a hindrance to yourself, or do you see this as an opportunity that some of these guys who are sub three pounds or around the the Martial bracket could rock it if they have a big transfer saga?
1: Well, I don't really mind because I've usually got them all anyway.
0: You know, <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good answer, isn't it?
1: Some the, some are better than others, obviously, but usually it's it usually works out quite well. You know, oh, I get I get something because I get I start getting withdrawal symptoms, but I don't get a daily dividend. You know, even if it's like just. It was just a couple of quid. Like, big don goes hungry.
0: All <laughs> right, we'll move on to Stanford's last question and the final one for this podcast. He says, has there or will there be a change of customer demographic with the targeted and campaigns that is thirsty for more instant returns at longer odds? What would FI do to appeal to the long odds gamblers in the future? This is quite the opposite of what we just talked about, right? I think in my opinion, and I don't know about Stanford's and I think you agree with this, that we've already got that long odds uh kind of twenty percent twenty five, thirty 25 thirty percent yield a year slow burning bit of the product it's actually the uh the instantaneous one that we might be missing right
1: yeah if anything yeah however you know it, it, you, you get a bit of a thrill on a Saturday and a Sunday you know when the Premier, when there's a full fixture list of football on with all the divisions and then like hoping that your players are gonna feature in the you know in the positions. I've even had me on a Thursday night watching Europa League, which would never have happened be, happened before just because my players were like, playing that night. So I actually, I get a bit of fulfilment from it rather than my traditional betting is quite boring really because I cover all sides. You know, so if I back a football team, usually I'm I'm usually locking in profit. So I, I see what you say. Yeah, but it's quite hard to get It's quite hard to get a massive instant win you know like the uh 500 pounds accumulator sevenfold win like i don't think you're going to ever get that from football index it is it's definitely always going to be a slower burner than the instant hit but the, the beauty is the beauty is what win or lose on that saturday afternoon on football index you've your bet, your bet rolls onto the Sunday.
0: Mm. Yeah, I and mean the that, that's, that's the that's the main crux of it, isn't it? Like, it's it's not over after a day. But I do think that you know the only way that they would do that instantaneous win if if there was some sort of add on. Uh, but I do see Stanford's point to some extent in terms of. If players do get really high and at the moment, for example, those guys aren't returning dividends, as we've just discussed, and they might do and they probably will do longer term. How do you as Football Index encourage a new first time buyer, first time depositor to buy the big guys? How do you do that when they're so expensive? It's going to be a tough one. But as we've discussed, I think that's something that they'll, uh, they'll probably come to fix at some point, won't they, Steve?
1: Yeah, well, the ball's in their court. I mean, we've heard the share split sort of discussion going on. Whether that's a good thing or not a good thing, I haven't really got a an opinion on because the share split. I mean, the dividends will get halved as well, won't they? So, uh, but that would obviously lower the prices. So, but I'm, I'm I'm sure it's one of them that football index will maybe have it have it in hand mm. when it comes
0: definitely so um yeah. quite excited for the future steve in general yeah definitely i
1: can't wait for the new season to begin you know is it 60 is it 16 days uh i think we might want to be even closer uh
0: it starts on the oh yeah 16 days brilliant so but by the time this goes out we'll be just just before the that uh that uh that little bit of uh football so uh we'll see how it goes but steve thank you so much for coming on man and where can people find out more about you on twitter
1: uh, yeah, my Twitter handle is Football Index Big Don at Index Big.
0: <laughs> right, well, well uh, thank you, thank you all very much for listening. And if you did enjoy that, please do subscribe. And uh, yeah, give Stephen follow as well. But funny guy, uh, very cautiously optimistic, which I like. And has a very uh nonchalant and quite like relaxed attitude about everything which i which i really do like and i think it's refreshing in terms of the football index uh twitter community and yeah tell your friends about the podcast tell your friends about football index and yeah if you guys are looking to maybe better your trading skills head over to the youtube channel and last plug and a new plug now me liam from football index lm and footy index ldn footy index london is we are starting a football index newsletter so please do check that out Uh, if you're interested do dm me i can send you the sign up link uh, but but yeah it will be hopefully something that can inform traders but for now uh thank you very much and uh, enjoy your commutes guys